And welcome to the Everyday Ministry Podcast, a podcast where everyday ministers get together to discuss ministry. This is James White, the pastor at Lighthouse Community Church, and I am sitting here with... And this is Jamie Owens. I'm a church member of Lighthouse, though I haven't been there in about six weeks, but more on that in a little bit. And I'm Chris Norsworthy, one of the associate pastors at Reformation Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Well, guys, I'm excited to be on here, as you know, and most of the listeners would know by now. We have not recorded in... I guess it's been almost two months now. Yeah, not right well. that. I've had some life changes, and um, Daniel's not on here tonight because he's also had some life changes as well within that time frame, <laughs> and he's still working his way through some of those. But <laughs> I'll start with uh, explaining myself and what's been going on with me, and then uh, Jamie, I'll let you take it from there, and then Chris should go after that. But, um, but before I even talk about myself daniel if uh the listeners are just curious he is not able to be on here at the moment because his wife had their son jack brown about two or three weeks ago if i was a good friend i could tell you exactly when he was born but apparently i'm not a good friend (laughs) you've had your hands full i have um but i am going to be able to meet uh mr jack brown uh tomorrow actually not tomorrow from after this releases but tomorrow from when <laughs> we're recording it but for me everything's been going good just been busy with the birth of my first child uh, oh. charlotte. that's right miss charlotte claire mm-hmm. and right now we are actually sitting in the middle of birmingham me my wife and her and we're taking a little mini vacation because my wife goes back to work on the 25th and work uh, offered to give me two days off. So I took it and ran with it. And so we're spending this Friday and Saturday in Birmingham and going to go home and be ready to preach for Sunday. But that's what's been going on in my life. Jamie, what about you, man? Oh, man, it's it's been a busy time for me. Um, of course, I said earlier that I hadn't been at Lighthouse in like six weeks. That's because for the past probably six, seven weeks, James, something like that, I've been serving kind of in a interim pastor role. I'll, I'll say say it like that. We'll describe it that way. At a small church right outside of Fayette, Alabama, and uh, as and they're kind of using it as a uh, evaluation time to decide if they want to call me as the lead pastor there. Really small oh, really? church. Yes, yeah, it's a small church. It's like you know. I, 20 people is a good morning, but I uh, love wonderful people there. We love it so far in this time that we've been able to be there. Uh, so we're very excited for that opportunity. But also right now, uh, I just began classes this past week. I'm finishing up my bachelor's degree at the University of West Alabama in interdisciplinary studies. And I'm going to take that and transition into seminary uh, once I complete that program. Uh, and of course, we, along with working a 40 hour week and, uh, you know, taking care of two small kids, it's been a very, very busy time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, very, very rewarding to serve God in this capacity and to glorify him as I do so. What about you, Chris? How's everything been going with you? Well, first of all, that's awesome. I another you know bad friend over here i didn't realize <laughs> you had been preaching somewhere I, i'd seen you preaching i didn't realize it was at another church so well, that's cool um i don't man it's been a long time since i've been on here uh probably like november or something like that um 
so yeah, a lot of stuff happened. Um, I was super busy at the end of last year with, uh, or the beginning of this year, uh, wrapping up classes, some classes I was in and, um, cause you know, I'm in doing seminary, working full-time job, associate pastor at a church. I have two kids of my own as you know, we saw last night watching soccer in the rain. Your favorite thing in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing in the world, soccer. I'm not a sports person at all. So it's funny being out there whenever like parents are getting like really into it and like yelling at their kids and stuff. And I'm just standing there like <laughs> that's, it's actually more amusing than the, uh, the sport. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Not much has really happened in my life other like I won uh, an award for graphic design, but oh, that's what it what was. The, what was it? Yeah. So it, it's hard to explain. So there's the uh, Ad Federation of America, and they um, every year they do the three award ceremonies, uh, local, district, and uh, national. Okay. So I got a gold Addy or Ad Fed award um, for a local project that I had done. A personal, it was a project that I did for a local venue here. Um, so. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, I was yeah. congratulations. Thanks. So you, I don't. I'm not sure if you're going to get this reference or not. But is an Addy anything similar to a Dundee? <laughs> to a what? A Dundee. Oh, <laughs> an Addy is kind of like a Dundee. No, not a Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> Man, crocodile Dundee. Yes, Dun. Well, it is a Dun. Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. Uh, the event was not at an Applebee's. <laughs> um <laughs> did anybody get kicked out of the event possibly but uh no there was i mean there was an open bar so who knows <laughs> chris i've been meaning to tell you congratulations on that man I, I saw that you won it um great accomplishment and if nothing else it's gonna look cool on a bookshelf because the thing is a weird shape and it's see-through and uh, yeah it's hard to photograph <laughs> it, it is hard to photograph i mean i've seen several pictures of it but every one of them to the side whenever you may be listening to this we're going to be picking back up in donald whitney's book on spiritual disciplines and we're going to be looking at the idea of the spiritual discipline of serving and so as we look at this it's really more of a difficult one for me to discuss i don't know how you two guys feel about it uh, because so often i don't think of this as a spiritual discipline but in all reality it probably takes just as much if not more discipline or uh sacrificing or sacrificing or, hum or humility uh, as any of the other ones because i don't know how most people are but i really don't care to serve other people most of the time um, <laughs> just, 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 good thing for pastors <laughs> yeah, well, it is i know right uh, it's not always fun is it no I mean, you know, sacrificing and giving up your time in whatever area or capacity you, that you have to. It's not um, it's not fun. It's not something we want to do. Uh, but in all reality, it's something that each and every believer is called to do. And so as we discuss it, as we get into it, uh, we're going to really be looking at some motiva motivations of that. But we're also going to be looking at just um, the spiritual gifts and the idea that serving is hard work. Um but Chris and Jamie, as we get into it, when you think of the spiritual discipline of serving, is there any anything specific that comes to your mind, or just are you as honest about it as I am and say that you hate do you hate serving people sometimes, or <laughs> is it just something you love doing? Well, I would say that I think it's 
always been kind of difficult for me to approach this topic because I do feel called to ministry or, you know, pastoral ministry. Um, so it, it always kind of feels like whenever I talk about it, I'm talking to people from a pastoral standpoint and I'm telling them like, Hey, I need you to volunteer. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it's almost like whenever you're a pastor and you try to talk about like giving or, you know, anything like that. It's like, it's something in the Bible. I'm not just trying to get you to do this because it helps me. Um, like, so yeah, from that standpoint, it's all, it's, you know, um, sometimes, uh, reluctant to talk about it or, you know, don't know the appropriate way to talk about it without like feeling a little bit awkward. Um, and then yeah. I don't think about what I do as a spiritual, I, I guess kind of like what you said, thinking of it as a spiritual discipline um, and it, expanding it across the board can be difficult because most people, we just think of, oh, there's the pastor and then there's church members. And then there's some kind of division of labor there where the pastors are expected to do a lot. And then it's voluntary whether or not the members actually do anything or not. Yeah, and I and I think I should add some clarifying uh, statements to me saying that I don't care to serve people. And it's something <laughs> that I have to work towards. Um, it's because there's a lot of things that I do that I don't consider serving. Mm-hmm. Like, because uh, I enjoy it. Like, I enjoy hosting people. I enjoy feeding people. I enjoy spending time with people. Um, I enjoy those things. But there's other aspects of serving that I don't care too much for. So I have to work in those. So in my mm-hmm. mind, those ideas or those principles aren't necessarily serving yeah where the difficult things the hard things the the things that take my energy away from me those is kind of in my mind where i think of serving more or less than the others uh, i mean jamie as a uh, covered everything well i mean from the perspective as somebody who hasn't been you know a lead pastor or an associate pastor i mean or any of the things that we're saying off the bat kind of seem uh ring true or disingenuous or or weird or what no i think uh, i think what y'all are saying is is very true is that it is a very difficult uh it's a very difficult thing to serve people and i i think the the biggest issue is because we are serving people and people are are imperfect or they they uh, make mistakes they're sinful of course uh, mm-hmm. it can make it a very difficult process and I kind of think back to some of my uh, older day my days before now when I was serving at a different church that emphasized serving in a very high capacity and and of course you know they they emphasized it and it was a wonderful opportunity but there were many times where it was difficult to get up and to come and to serve and to, to, uh, to do these things uh, without expecting anything out of it and just doing it because you love the church, you love Christ, and doing it for His glory. Uh, it can be a very difficult process. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, because I think sometimes for like for me, it's probably what um, we were talking about earlier, alluding to earlier, is like. There's certain things that, and we probably goes across the board for every member of the church. Like if there's something that you enjoy doing, you don't feel like you're serving or you don't feel like you're being disciplined. You're just like, oh, I like doing this. And, you know, if it's yard work or, you know, fixing an AC or, you know, playing the guitar or like preparing a sermon and preaching, like those are kind of things that people are specifically feel drawn to and don't necessarily think of it. Whereas if I had to do nursery 
<laughs> it would stand out as okay like i am have like i have to discipline myself to do this well yeah i can definitely agree with you and just kind of relate with you in that aspect uh like my specific one and this is going to sound terrible of me as well but i hate weddings i hate doing weddings <laughs> um and i haven't had to do a lot of weddings for church members just other people in my life and um, just did a wedding and I didn't mind doing it because it's one of my best friends. But uh, and I would have had to have been in the wedding if I didn't do it. But <laughs> I hate doing weddings, and that's one way that like serving for me is more difficult than uh, like funerals, for example. Even though funerals are a pain to do because um, <laughs> because they're difficult. I mean, they're just you have to think about everything you say. You have to be very considerate. I mean, so they're just difficult in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind doing funerals because I know that member or that family or that friend, they're in a, one of the worst places of their life right then. And so, like, I don't think of that as serving as much as these others. Um, and Wait, so you, I, but, you prefer doing funerals to weddings? Yes and no. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I prefer the, the joyous moment of a wedding, but a funeral isn't as scrutinized where a wedding you know people record yeah. that people yeah. uh, wanted to be quote unquote this perfect moment and it's never perfect because there's always right. this crazy person in the family that ruins it for everybody <laughs> um or wedding planner or whoever it may be but i think you know we're talking about all this and i think the issue is that the times that we think of serving as difficult is because we're not being motivated by things that should motivate us where these other aspects are, and when we enjoy service, because we are motivated by the right things. And um, Donald Whitney gives us six different motivations, and we're just going to look at them one by one if y'all are cool with that. First and foremost, he says motivated by obedience. And so as we look at that, um, what do you think he's talking about obedience? Obedience to what? Well, I think obvious first and foremost is o- obedience to God and his desires for us as a body of believers is to serve one another. Uh, you know, obviously that should be our highest concern is to obey God. And it's not that we shouldn't seek other secondary reasons for serving people. Obviously it creates a great good many times, uh, especially let's say you, you serve in a ministry that uh, helps to feed the homeless. You know, that, that serves a wonderful good to, uh, to, to civility, to a civilization. But above all else, what we should be seeking is to be obedient to God. That should be our primary reason for doing what we do. I agree. I mean, you think about kind of the relationship between the individuals that make up a church to one another. You know, uh, you see these one another statements all throughout the New Testament. You know, care for one another, love one another, be patient with one another, rejoice with those rejoicing, weep with those who's weeping. Uh, we see that this is what we're called to do. Um, it is so much so that, you know, as Christ was looking at his disciples, he tells them that um, he tells them that they would be known as his disciples by the way that they love one another. And so, you know, the way the church, the way individuals take care of one another and serve one another and obedient to God in those aspects, we see that that's a picture of the gospel to the world around us. Um, especially the idea of forgiving one another when they've wronged us or done something against us. Yeah, can't be serving one another if you're not in a local church with another. So, 
just kind of thinking about that. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're not part of a church, you need to be part of a church. So. <laughs> yeah, so almost, almost you really, you say that kind of jokingly, but I mean, I know you mean it seriously as well, but uh, almost the fact that obedience has to begin by the obedience to being a part of a church mm-hmm. uh, before you're obedient these other ways. That's got, that's got to be the first step. I mean, I agree completely. Well, in addition to being motivated by obedience, another area that we are motivated by is is our gratitude. We're motivated especially by gratitude to our great God and what He has done, the good gifts that He has given. We're motivated by gratitude to the people of the church. We're motivated uh, uh, because of these good things. And gratitude should motivate us to serve God's church to serve the church of Christ. Yeah, I mean, it's like scripture tells us having the same mind as Christ, that we would humble ourselves. And um, so like you kind of, like you said there, you know, the first and foremost, the thing that we're showing our gratitude towards is Christ and what he's done for us because he is our example of serving, right? He laid down his life so that those who would believe and trust in him could be saved of their sins. Um <clears throat> And so that's our first and foremost, our example of serving, but we're gracious towards, we're, we're, we're showing our thanksgiving towards him or gratitude towards him. But we also, um, like you said, it's, you know, you talked about our gratitude towards one another. I mean, I think about even my own life, you know, as a pastor, you know, me and Chris kind of talked about it a minute ago is that it's difficult sometimes to talk about serving or, uh, and I don't know if you feel like this, Chris, um, but sometimes when you serve the church, it feels like it's expected of you. Mm-hmm. And so it may be going and seeing someone in the hospital or whatever the case may be. It's almost it seems like it's expected of you. So it's almost you you feel like you have to do it or you're going to be looked down upon where maybe a church member to another church member went through that way. Mm-hmm. But like he's getting at here for me, I think back to. Uh, even before our child, our, our daughter was born, you know, I had to have a surgery, uh, a little minor surgery, but a surgery nonetheless the month before that. And then the week before she was born, Sarah was in the hospital one night. Um, we thought we were going to have her then. And then we had her that next week. And through that whole time, you know, the way the church served us, you know, just providing meals for us and praying for us and calling us and, take, you know, just checking in on us so often, you know, that definitely is going to, I'm not, I don't want to sound self-serving when I say this, but it definitely makes it easier to serve them when they, you know, express the same care for me as I show for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and one of the um, Bible verses he used in the chapter was for Samuel twelve twenty four that says, uh, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Uh, for consider what great things he has done for you. Um, yeah, so I think one of our motivations is that we think about the things God has done. Well, I don't think about it. I mean, the Bible literally says it. <laughs> we To be motivated, one of the best things we can do is to read Scripture. And, you know, if you're ever feeling however you're feeling and read Scripture, like it, it preaches to you because it's the Word of God. And it reminds you constantly of what God has done for you and what God has done for us. Um, so it's a constant reminder that, and you know, a daily reminder if you read it daily, that 
God has done so much for you. Like you said, Jesus came to serve uh, and he served us, but God has done so much for us. Um, and it's, it's easy to forget that and just be, begrudgingly kind of do things. But if we do it with a grateful heart and, you know, kind of change our attitude, um, it actually makes things a lot easier whenever we realize that we're working for God. Um, kind of like you said, whenever, you know, whenever it's easy to, to be nice to people who are nice to you kind of thing, or it's easy to serve people who, you know, your pastor or your, your congregants, whenever they're, um, showing service back to you, whenever they're showing you love, you know, I think this, it kind of goes both ways. And, you know, you talk about that scripture and kind of just being motivated by this gratitude that we have for the Lord. Um, but we see the third thing that he addresses is motivated by gladness. And I know, Chris, I took your transition there, but um, <laughs> I think you'll forgive me. Um, but when we think about that, you know, I, I initially think about, you know, not only am I motivated by the gratitude I have of what Christ has done for us and what God has done in sending his only begotten son into the world to, to redeem those that would believe in him, but also that, that just just causes me to be glad. I mean, it causes me to be joyful, to be uh, just happy and and just just excited about what god has done for us and that does motivate me to serve him and in serving him serving his church in whatever way um that may be or serving the community around me in whatever way that may be yeah and this kind of goes back to the first point of uh being motivated by obedience because we see in scripture psalm 100 verse 2 says to serve the lord with gladness uh we we should desire to be glad as we are serving god i know many of y'all have probably had the experience of going to a restaurant or or going to you know your local walmart or dollar general or whatever have you and seeing somebody that does not enjoy their job whatsoever there's no gladness whatsoever in uh -huh. that uh, and as a matter of fact, I had an experience like that at, at, up there near uh, Birmingham at a restaurant in Homewood where the waitress just hated her job. And it was a miserable experience for us, you know. Uh -huh. And so we should serve God with gladness. Number one, because we are commanded, but also because it, it points our it points people's hearts to our God and how great he is. And I'm not saying that we go in and we just, you know, fake it till we make it type understanding, but rather that we genuinely have a gladness in our heart for God and what he has done. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I think something that we need to be reminded of too, because often we'll uh, try to be obedient by our actions, but not obedient with our attitude. Um, and it's, it's a much more enjoyable experience <laughs> if, if you can change your attitude and realize why you're doing what you're doing and not just trying to check something off a list, but you're doing it out of love, uh, for God, which actually I think he has as a separate motivation, but, um, you know, there's crossover in all of these. Well, I mean, I think of, um, I don't know if y'all have ever had an experience like this and I can't. Uh, I don't want to give anything off or any specific uh, moment this has happened to me. It's happened to me several times where someone's helped me 
or they've uh, aided me in some way or some capacity and they were serving me. But they had a terrible attitude the entire time. And, uh, and I'm sure I've done this same thing, probably to that same individual before. Um, but in all reality, when that's the case, when somebody's serving you and they have this terrible attitude, you almost don't even want their, them to serve you in any kind of capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I say that to say, not to sound selfish, but to say that other people probably feel the same way if we don't serve them willingly uh, and joyfully and with gladness. And, um, I, you know, when we talk about this one, the, you know who I think of more than anybody uh, in all of Scripture is Jonah. Um, hmm. Think about Jonah, you know, he, he goes and he does exactly what God called him to do after some reluctancy and after, you know, the swallowing up of a fish and all of those different things. And even after it, Jonah looks at God, and he, well, obviously not physically, but he looks at God and he says, this is why I didn't want you to send me because I knew you would save those people. And then the, the last thing you hear about Jonah is he complains about the fact that the tree was eaten by the worm. And, um, he didn't have an attitude of gladness, an attitude of joy, or an attitude of gratitude or obedience. He, he just he did it out of fear, essentially, or he didn't want to die. One, you know, ultimately we would we would all agree that he did it because that was God's will for it to be done, and it was God's will that He would use Jonah to accomplish that that goal. And so, but we see that he didn't have this attitude, and so I think of that. You know, I say all that to say, you know, as Jamie was kind of getting at, is that and Chris as well, is that this is more about our attitude when we are serving. Um, And I I feel that not only does it play off badly when we treat others with uh, content when we are serving them, but also uh, to the same extent that if we treat God with content as we serve him, we we should really check ourselves and check where our heart is and where our desires is in serving. Not to say that we'll always be happy about serving because, you know, I know all of us has experiences of this, but uh, I think about when we moved our church buildings and I was learning how to do plumbing with one member of the church. I could care less how to do plumbing. And we were checking a, a water leak that was underneath the building and we both got soaking wet. That was one way of serving that I did not want to do. Uh, but it was still, you know, you knew it was for the better and do it out of gratitude that Christ, what he's done for us. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> wait till your kids get a little bit older, and um, <laughs> you're gonna have to. You know, I say I've experienced this with my kids, and I'm sure my parents had to do it with me. So I'm not just calling out my kids, but you know, you tell them to clean their room, or you tell them to clean up, or pick up their plates, or whatever, and they throw a fit, and they're just don't want to fit the whole time. Uh, and I don't know if you're a southerner. You might, I mean, if you're not a southerner, you might not know what throwing a fit is. But <laughs> they're whining and complaining and uh, crying or whatever. And sometimes it just gets to the point where you're just like, all right, I will do it because you're doing such a bad job with such a bad attitude. <laughs> I'm just going to do it right now and, you know, save myself some grief. Um, so it's like sometimes they may be doing what they're supposed to do, but they're doing it in the wrongest way possible. Um, you know, so or and, and not to call anybody out on this, or you know, you might find yourself in the middle of the rain watching soccer when you <laughs> don't care for sports, you know. Uh, I think that I think you were motivated motivated by love on that one, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll definitely look at that in a moment. <laughs> 
Uh, and speaking of forgiveness, since you stole my um, transition from last time, then our next motivation is being motivated by forgiveness and not guilt. All right. So what I find so significant about this is that the issue in so many people's life is that they are motivated to serve God out of the things that they once did uh-huh. rather than motivated to serve him by the forgiveness that they have found in Christ. Uh-huh. Um, it almost comes to that. Um, we've seen it in movies. We've heard people talk about it where they are in this crisis in their life and they promise not to do blank again, or they'll do this for the rest of their life. If God would only provide them this one little way. Uh-huh. And uh, so then they, they go to church for the rest of their life because God did this one thing for them. <laughs> Uh, or they don't no, drink so. anymore because their sick, their sick son got cured of whatever the issue was. Um, so it's kind of like the the scale mentality of if you have more good than you do bad, then everything will be okay. I know many people that live by that principle. Yeah, mm. it's it's almost like a Christian version of uh, of karma, essentially. Yeah. Is when I what I think of when I think of this aspect. Yeah. Yeah, I like the quote he gives by Spurgeon here. Uh, this says, the child of God works not for life, but from life. Mm-hmm. He does not work to be saved. He works because he is saved. Um, and yeah, that's a big, that's a big difference. And that, and you know, and that affects your attitude as well. If you're trying to work uh, because you feel guilty and like you owe God something, um, rather than working. That changes, yeah, it changes your attitude from you know gladness to well, one word he uses in this book a lot is drudgery. Uh, you know, just dis- makes the disciplines are drudgery because uh, and a lot of that is your motivation and your attitude um, that affects that. Yeah, and obviously, as you said earlier, Chris, there's a lot of crossover in every one of these. You know, they all kind of go hand in hand with each other. But the one that really compares to this one, in my opinion, is the last one we'll look at, and that's being motivated by love. Um, because as Spurgeon quoted, you know, we are motivated to serve and to do because Christ has given us life rather than seeking life. Uh, and it's because he first loved us that we love him. That's what we see throughout all of Scripture. And so um, I, I agree, though. I, I think it does change our mindset. And rather than seeking something uh, or we're seeking to do it because something's been done for us. We're seeking it because he, he's desired that for us. Mm-hmm. Now, of all the ones, all of the six uh, motivated by on here, I believe this next one is probably one of the tougher ones for most people. I know, especially for me, and that's to be motivated by humility. Uh, uh, I'm we are humble. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> Sound like it. Uh, yeah, but humility is a very tough. It's a, it's a tough quality to have for anybody, and especially since we understand that most sin, if not all sin, is motivated by pridefulness in some form or capacity. So, this idea of being motivated by humility is it's tough. It's it's a very hard concept to grasp. Well, I think the issue is that most people would consider themselves humble and they they would say that they're humble because they serve in whatever capacity or whatever way they desire to. As I started off so eloquently said that I hate serving um, <laughs> because, because it's easy for me to serve the ways that I enjoy it. 
Um, but it's not so easy to serve my wife or to serve my child when it's three o'clock in the morning and the baby wakes up and needs a bottle or needs a diaper change, you know, mm. or um, kind of like I forgot who said this, and I'm sure many people have said this, uh, but even comparing, you know, the relationship um, of serving our old wives as husbands, you know, Scripture calls us that we'd be willing to lay down, that we would love our wives as Christ loved the church, which would mean, you know, laying our life down for them. And um, the, old, the old adage is that, you know, so many people claim that they would lay down their life for their wives, mm-hmm. but in all reality, they won't even unload the dishwasher for her. <laughs> um, and so we may think that we're humble in a lot of ways because we do certain things that are humble. But the issue is what area in our lives are we not being humble in? What areas of our life do we need to submit some humility in them? Um, and so often we don't recognize those most of the time. I know I don't. Most definitely don't recognize them from time to time. Well, I think he makes a good comparison, uh, brings up a good thought in the fact that Jesus came to serve and um, like he's king of heaven, you know, and he came down here and, and what a humble thing to do. Um, and none of us could be as humble as him. Um, and none of us have to stoop as far down uh, as he did. Um, so, you know, and like you said, with uh, pride being an issue, we often um, see it and we often do it where we, you know, maybe not overtly, but we see something and we're like, eh, that's kind of below me. Or, you know, um, we get offended if somebody asks us to do something or people get offended when you ask them to do something, you know? Um, but in reality, like we're all part of the body. And one of the main things about serving, um, like it just in general, I mean, I know we keep talking about church. Um, it's not all within the context of church, but, uh, you know, like people often will come to a church and be like, oh, you know, I'm just looking for the right place, you know, the right thing to do. Like I'm looking for my gift or my, and we'll kind of talk about that later in spiritual gifts. But um, like a humble person will see where there is a need and try to fill it if they can not say, well, there's a need there, but that's not my spiritual gift. So I'm going to, you know, just not do it. Or I'm only going to do the one thing that I want to do and then let everybody else take on 15 jobs. Um, that's a lot of it is pride. Um, but not humility, you know, to talk about the church a little bit and kind of the function and the role of the church. When I think of this idea of serving, uh, mainly because this is what the, the root word for this would mean in Greek, I think of the role of a deacon in a church, right? Uh, the biblical role of a deacon, that was commonly um, placed in Southern Baptist churches throughout the South. But uh, the biblical role of a deacon is to serve the church, simply that. Um, and I personally believe that many people, uh, many churches have people that serve as deacons that are not on a board or not on a committee or don't have a title because those are the people, as Chris was kind of just alluded to, that step into that role, whatever it may be. There's nothing too small, nothing too big for them to step into and serve in that capacity. And that's just showing humility. Um, I, I think, you know, I don't want to apologize for connecting everything to the local church because um, we, we, you know, that's mainly what we function this in. Uh, but I think it's also important that we do connect in those areas because 
that's what we see in this is that we are connecting them in that we're we're serving the church we're serving one another all right but um we'll finish this idea of motivation by looking at the last one and that is motivated by love is this being motivated by the love for one another or would this be motivated by what both okay what's the first commandment and the second greatest commandment <laughs> tell me <laughs> no, i asked the question that was a question i know i mumbled oh, it <laughs> <laughs> love the lord your god with our heart soul mind and strength and the second is this to love your neighbor as yourself all right done next done. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I agree um the, the only reason i asked the question i asked is you diverted it back to me by asking your question i reflected is, it deflected uh, and i think it's important that you did mention that verse in the greatest commandment in second because we have to begin by loving god before we can love others mm-hmm. um and then but if we uh, don't the, love others then we prove that we don't love god exactly but it's kind of like this idea of motivated by forgiveness is that uh, the issue is that sometimes the people that we're called to serve won't love us. Hmm. Um, and, you know, you said it yourself even earlier that it's easy to to love and serve those who love and serve you. Mm-hmm. But we're called to love those that don't. We're called to love and, love and serve those that may not love and serve us. And so we got to be motivated by the love that God has first, first and foremost, um, because, you know, I mean, I hate to I hate to use this example because I feel like it's overused so often, but kind of like James was talking about his his uh, story about having an issue at that restaurant. Um, I don't know how y'all respond in a moment like this, but if I go to a restaurant and the the, the waitress has a horrible attitude and uh, doesn't care to be there and doesn't do her job, it's hard for me to be motivated to give a tip, right? I mean, let's mm-hmm. just call it what it is. It's just hard. Uh, but I, that's one way that I serve that individual, though they didn't earn it, though they they didn't necessarily show do what they were supposed to do one way that i am motivated to do that is by the love that god has for me now there's a lot more extreme examples that we can find um i think of uh was it jim Elliott? was that his name maybe you know what I'm talking about? Uh, missionary yeah i mean that's somebody's uh, name <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what story you're about to tell, so I cannot okay. deny um, or confirm. They actually did a movie on him uh, called <laughs> "The End of the Spear," uh, and it was a missionary. I believe it was Jim Elliot. If my wife was in here, she could tell me. Um, it was her. This individual, he was a missionary uh, to this foreign country, and they were serving there and trying to translate the scriptures into their language and really getting to know the individuals and really just serving them. But eventually what happened was he was, he died by the, by spear attack, right? They, a plane flew over and they thought it was this giant bird. And, and so ended up killing all of the foreigners. And some years later, his wife actually goes back to the same village and ministers to them and serves them in a way that, they, she could do because she was connected to them already through her husband. Uh, but they, she wasn't motivated by the love they had for her husband, but they were motivated by the love, the, the love that was shown to them by Christ. And the name was Jim and Elizabeth Elliot. My wife apparently can hear me. And she texted <laughs> me and she told me. 
Uh, it was an indigenous tribe, um, and there's more detail to it than that. But we have to first and foremost be motivated by love, um, by the love that God has for us. Yeah, so that was all the points under um, every Christian is expected to serve. And then the next topic or heading is every Christian is gifted to serve. Um, and he has two points under that in his book. Well, we'll just take the first one, spiritual gifts, uh, which I was kind of alluding to, or, you know, was talking about earlier, uh, whereas we're all, uh, everyone is gifted individually and specifically uh, in different areas to serve. I do want to begin by saying that we won't necessarily always serve in ways that we're gifted. Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel like I am even uh, any more gifted to unclog a toilet than anybody else is. But that may be a way that I serve an individual. Um, right. I'm, I'm no more gifted to move a couch than anybody else is. Um, and so, but because I have a truck, I guess that's a gifting because I'm on a <laughs> truck. Uh, I get to do that quite often. I mean, and so just because it may not be, quote unquote, our spiritual gift. Yeah, that doesn't mean we don't serve in a different capacity from time to time. Um, right, right, and that's what I was saying earlier. Um, that I think the the need of an individual or a uh, church, a corporate body, the need that is seen there, it takes precedent over whether or not somebody has a spiritual gift. Like you, your spiritual gift, first and foremost, we could probably say is to be a servant <laughs> like that's your first spiritual gift and that everyone has that um you know if you think of like the good samaritan his spiritual gift may have not been to pick up um the bloodied body yeah. off the side of the road uh but everybody who passed him sinfully passed him up right they he was the only one who did the right thing and it doesn't mean any of them were spiritually gifted to do so uh in particular but they were all capable and able to do so. And, you know, that's just kind of how the body of Christ works. Exactly. It's not like that individual, we see that he wasn't a doctor or anything. He wasn't even a rich man. All he was was an individual that took the opportunity to serve his neighbor, take him to where he could find the help he needed and provide for him in that capacity. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like having a truck. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> and of course, all of that is true. Um, but I also want to point to the fact that there are specific giftings that many of us have. You know, some have the giftings of teaching and and pastoring, and and others have the giftings of hospitality. So there, while there is certain things that we do outside of our specific gifts, if you want to put it in in that that way, there is also a certain way that God has created us to be a member of the body that is specific to who we are and the way he has created us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we need to, I guess kind of what we're saying is that we need to be considerate of the, the fruits of the spirit. And that would be something that we would all possess. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the gifts of the spirit are individual. Um, it's first Corinthians 12 talks about that. Um, and just kind of a clip snippet out of that uh, says now there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit um, and all these uh, are empowered by one and the same spirit who are portions to each one individually as he wills I, I think of two key things there is that um, 
it, it's up to God what gift we have, but we're also empowered by him. Mm-hmm. And that's a key point too, is that we're not just gifted something and then left on our own. One of those gifts, if we want to call it that, is the empowerment of it. Um, our ability is not just on our ability. It's not gifted to us and then we're, okay, now do this onto your own strength. It's the spirit working through us. Well, and, you know, we, we say all that. And um, I think what's important to understand, too, is as we're looking at our different giftings, no individual in the body is important, more important than another. I think scripture is clear about that as we look at the spiritual giftings and the makeup of the church taking every individual. Um, we see that comparison in Paul's letter, um, especially especially in First Corinthians, talking about the different body, talking about the different body parts. You know, an eye is no more important than a nose. They may function differently, but they're no more important. Um, and I think that so often uh, individuals think they're less important if they're not on a stage or they're not singing or preaching mm-hmm. or praying or whatever the case may be in the body of uh, believers. But no, no one's role in the church is important, more important than another, just like no one's vocation is more important than another. Uh, for example, an individual that serves as a doctor at a hospital can serve and work their career and their job to the glory of God, just like an individual that uh, we may necessarily, we may not necessarily put that in the same esteem, like a, an individual that picks up trash or uh, the sewer, the sewer uh, man or woman that, that cleans out your septic tank or does the job you wouldn't want to do. Um, the, the point of it all is that using your gifting, using your ability, using your, your God given ability to serve God and bring him glory in it. Um, it's nothing greater than any other gifting. And I think that's important that we say, um, is that they all work together. We all work in conjunction with each other. And that's why the, um, analogy of a body is such a great, great one. Like you said, all the individual body parts have their own job to do. And a foot isn't going to be a better, hand than a hand can be and a hand can't you know you might be able to walk on your hands but you can't do it as well as you can on your feet and um you know if you're missing an ear or both your ear you know like your other senses may kind of take over to make up for that in some instances but be heightened but what we really need is to be complete and for everybody to be doing their own uh to be fulfilling their own calling um, and that's how the body works completely. And so the person who, you know, is an usher or the person who is over the nursery or, you know, um, changes diapers doesn't need to be thinking like, oh, if only I was doing this or doing that, then I would be important. Um, the thing that's important is doing what God has called you to do. And I think it can be very easy to see certain positions in the church and, because of the notoriety of that position or because uh, I especially think about this when it comes to preaching is, is that there is a possibility of somebody wanting to be the pastor of a church just because it puts you front and center. Uh, whereas we need to be seeking to do what God's created us to do. And that might not be 
front and center that might be more behind the, behind the scenes. It, it's just, um, I say all this because there are many people who are functioning in the church in ways that they should not be functioning in the church. And this isn't a matter of what we were first talking about of sometimes we have to look outside of our gifting and of, of what we are uniquely created to do. But rather I'm talking about people that actively are, uh, are going in a different direction to do their own thing, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think maybe we should clarify to say that, you know, I don't know if I would say that uh, every role in the church is equally as important um, or equally as necessary. Like if, if there's no pastor, you know, it, it's necessary for a church to have a pastor. Right. Yeah. Um, and just like your, your body is, it, it's necessary to have a heart and lungs and like those kind of things. Like some things are more easily dispensable uh, in certain, uh, in certain aspects. Right. Um, but I think we can put it in a civic context of everybody's important in society from the garbage man to the mayor to the president in that role that they serve. But mm -hmm. obviously the president is more important in certain ways than the garbage man. And so we can see even in the church the same whether there's an there's an equal of all people while also understanding that there is a a higher position of others mm -hmm. so uh, the only thing i want to ask you guys are we saying that some people in the church is more of the spleen and the appendix <laughs> <laughs> okay hey the bible is the one who used the analogy of the body so <laughs> i'm just going with with that i don't want to go any farther than that man um no i mean the, the point i mean you understand the point i'm not saying that one person is in essence in their personhood more important um yeah, but the role is there's a higher esteem i mean and uh you know it i it's a much more fearful thing um, to be the pastor than to be the lead usher. Right. And I mean, in like terms of thinking of, well, also in the eyes of people, but as well in what God is expecting from you, um, who will be judged harsher or like if I'm dispensing doctrine and I'm doing, and I'm giving out heretical doctrine, like there's much more, uh, there's a much more weightiness to the role that I have. Uh, and there's a much more weightiness to the role that the lead lead pastor has than, you know, like if you're, uh, you're sweeping off the sidewalks, it's important and it's good if that's what God has called you to do. And that's, that's the point, uh, in saying that we're well, all equal, we're equal in that sense. Well, I mean, the Bible is clear about that. I mean, you think about James three, one, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know mm -hmm. that we who teach will be judged with a greater strictness. Mm -hmm. There is a different level in the calling. Right. It's, it's just because there's God puts different demands and different responsibilities on individuals that are teaching and preaching and leading and shepherding. Uh, and I think that's why you see that there's a specific set of instructions and characteristics that an elder must have and a deacon must have, but an individual, no word of scripture doesn't tell us that the individual that is cleaning or 
doing these tasks that are important, but it doesn't say that they should have these specific roles, right? These are specific characteristics. Um, and it's not about the individual, like you're saying, Chris, it's about the role that they're fulfilling. Um, not that one individual is greater than the other, but the role itself. Well, yeah, I mean, but then it, it <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of goes along with what you were saying at the beginning of the podcast, though, is that the things that you enjoy doing don't feel like uh, it is work. But I think part of that reason that it doesn't feel like work is because you feel compelled to do it and you're gifted to do it. Um, <clears throat> like it's not, um, you know, or, or, well, even, but sometimes like, so like preaching is not, uh, doesn't feel like work and playing the guitar does not feel like work. However, you know, reading, uh, entire books just to preach, <laughs> uh, you know, reading multiple books just to preach one 30 or 50 minute sermon or, you know, going to band practice every day or, you know, every week or, you know, like those kind of things that lead up to the thing that we like to do. Those can often feel like work or those can often feel like disciplines because, and they are, because if you're not doing that, then you're not able to do the thing that, you know, the, even though I do like reading, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, the, the preparation and the, you know, d summing up knowledge and then prepping, preparing it in a way to, to dispense it easily. And uh, like all of those kind of things can be um, difficult. Um, so, you know, the thing that we kind of see is where like, Oh, well we see the preacher, he get he gets up there for 45 minutes and you know, he gets to say a bunch of stuff and people look at him and then like, that's what people see, but they're not thinking about all of the hard work that goes in. I mean, from seminary to sermon preparation, um, beyond, you know, not even the consideration, all like hospital visits and, you know, Wait. late Wait, night you, calls and all that kind of stuff. Like you don't just get up there and open up the Bible <laughs> and let the Holy Spirit speak. <laughs> Uh, I don't, but I think there's some denominations who who do that. Is that uh, like primitive Baptists or something like that, where they don't believe in sermon preparation? They just mm, probably, um, wouldn't be, probably wouldn't be primitive Baptist. Primitive Baptists are uh, generally uh, hyper Calvinist, so I would say that they. Well, then God's ordained everything they're going to say. Of course, <laughs> they don't have to prepare. <laughs> um, but. But nonetheless, I agree, man. I, you know, kind of like when your church member that did announcements has been gone for six weeks, so you have to now do announcements every Sunday morning. There's some things that you have to do that you don't care to do, and uh, uh, you know, and we say that, you know, kind of get back on topic and kind of end off the conversation is that serving is difficult. I mean, it's not something easy. It's not something that naturally comes to everybody in specific ways. Sometimes it's very difficult to be obedient the way that Christ calls us to. It's difficult to have the gratitude in our heart that we should have or the gladness that is accompanied by the, the gift of salvation or the forgiveness, uh, allowing forgiveness to, to direct us rather than the guilt of our past or current sins or 
uh, especially humility. We're all prideful individuals. Uh, sin, mm-hmm. All sin is rooted in pridefulness, as Jamie so eloquently said earlier. And sometimes we aren't motivated by the love that we should have. I mean, serving is difficult. But to be honest with you, we wouldn't be talking about it being a spiritual discipline if it was easy. Uh, it wouldn't be a discipline. Then it'd be a spiritual joy or spiritual pleasanthood. It would be a spiritual... <laughs> Uh, it wouldn't be a discipline. I mean, you know, I think about myself. I've been trying to eat or eat healthy and run the last few weeks. And um, I didn't have to think much about eating cheeseburgers and drinking uh, Mountain Dew every day. I enjoyed <laughs> that. But counting 1,600 calories out every day and getting my big butt to, on the road to run a mile, you know, those are disciplines I have to put in place. They're difficult. They're hard. Mm-hmm. Um but we don't get anything from the easy things most of the time. And so just for the listeners out there, serve your, first and foremost, you're called to serve God. Uh, not only are you called to serve God, but you're also called to not only love him with all that you are and then love your neighbor, but you're also called to serve your neighbor. And as so many people said recently, um, your first neighbor is your wife or your husband or your spouse, uh, put it easily. Uh, so first and foremost, you have to serve that individual, um, uh, because that is a picture of the gospel in some capacity, depending on if you're a male or female, then serve your kids, serve your, your family, serve your church, serve whoever may be in your life. Um, all of these things, not only are motivated, motivated by the six things we discussed this podcast, but we're also the pictures of the gospel to the people around you. Uh, and so commit to it, pray that God would illuminate you and give you the ability to do it. Um, Because in all reality, we have to, as Christ told, um, as Christ taught that we are to deny ourselves daily and pick up our cross and follow after him. And that is this practice of serving because he served us so much so that he carried his cross to the Calvary Hill and and doing so laid down his own life for us. And it was not easy for him either. Um, think about the prayer that he prays to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew it was his Father's will for him to die. He knew the task he was going to do, but even in that, what does he pray? If there's any other way, let this cup pass through me, uh, by me, pass from me. <laughs> let, me get, let me get all the prepositions out, okay? Um, let, this, let, let, this, let this cup pass by and but ultimately, we see that what he submitted to was not easy either. And, um, and the same for us, serving is not always easy. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. But regardless if it's difficult, regardless if it's good or easy, we're called to serve. So uh, pray for the listeners as you submit to the leadership of Christ in your life and serve in whatever capacity he would be calling you to. I don't think I can say it better than that. Yeah, you probably could. But. <laughs> well, guys, as we get ready to end the podcast, as me and uh, Jamie and Chris talked about uh, beforehand and then even just now, but we edited that out so you couldn't hear it. Um, we don't have any plugs for you all this week. Since we have no plugs this week for you guys, since we have no plugs for you guys this week, we do want to end you with the encouragement that I just left. But to sum up simply, Serve God, serve your family, serve your church, serve your community. Those are pictures of the gospel. 
And so we hope you've enjoyed this episode. And this is an episode of the Everyday Ministry Podcast. And we're a podcast of everyday ministers. God bless. If you're encouraged by what you hear, please go like our Facebook page, share the episodes, and rate the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget that a new episode drops every first and third Mondays. Our prayer is that these episodes are an encouragement to you and that you would be faithful in the ministry that God has placed you in. Heading back to my roots and all the way